Hey everyone, it's Rich Bennett, host of Conversations with Rich Bennett, bringing you an exciting chance to win with our latest giveaway sponsored by Tar Heel Construction Group. Get ready to make a splash just by tuning into the podcast. Yes, you heard that right. While you're soaking up our latest episodes, listen closely for a special splash sound. When you hear it, remember the episode name. Here's what you do next. Shoot us an email at podcast at harfordcountyliving.com with the episode title. Each splash sound means a new chance to win. So the more you listen, the better your chances. If you don't have email, then just leave a voicemail from our website at conversationswithrichbennett.com. What's the prize? How about a brand new waterproof Bluetooth speaker? Perfect for listening to our episodes, whether you're in the bath, on the beach, in the pool or on the go. You have until the end of May to send in your entries and we'll announce the lucky winner on June 3rd. Don't miss out on this splashy opportunity brought to you by Tar Heel Construction Group. Dive into our episodes and win big. There are a lot of great podcasts out there. And one of the things that I've been doing is recommending a podcast at the end of each episode. So make sure you stay tuned to the very end because I guarantee you the podcast I recommend you're going to love. There are now over three and a half million people in the United States who have survived breast cancer, making this group the biggest of all cancer survivors. And although breast cancer cannot be stopped from occurring, it is possible to lessen one's likelihood of having the disease by making changes to one's diet, level of physical activity, and other aspects of one's lifestyle. Breast cancer symptoms and breast cancer warning indicators might vary widely from person to person. Do not, however, conclude that you do not have cancer just because you do not exhibit the normal signs of the disease. There are certain cases of breast cancer in women when the patient displays no signs at all. Because of this, getting breast cancer screenings on a regular basis is quite crucial. I bring all this up because on this episode... I have the Hartford County Health Department on, and we are going to be talking about breast cancer awareness. Enjoy the conversation. Coming to you from the Freedom Federal Credit Union Studios, Hartford County Living presents Conversations with Rich Bennett. Come on, you're faster than me. Guys, we've been together. Oh man, you already said it. I was going to ask her if she remembered the dates. Sitting here with the Hartford County Health Department today and uh, talking about something very important, Breast Cancer Awareness uh, Month. We're going to go around the table, have everybody introduce themselves, and then we'll just get right into it. I'm Sarah Will. I'm the communication specialist for the Hartford County Health Department. My name is Corey Reed. I'm the nurse case manager for the Breast and Cervical Cancer Program at Upper Chesapeake Medical Center. And we partner with the health department to bring this program to the women of Hartford County. I'm Ron Nassard. I oversee Population Health Year, and I'm also the public information officer. All right, so Breast Cancer Awareness Month. All right, so Breast Cancer Awareness and Public Health, how the two come together. So I think they come together because um, women make up a huge chunk of the public. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think I think the way public health comes together is so the health department offers all sorts of resources mm-hmm. for the community um, on both education and um, programs like this. I think bringing it together, 
you have to be able to, one, get the information out there. But a lot of women don't know the importance of just knowing their own bodies and knowing where do I go right. when I find a problem. So how do I know when something is wrong and then where do I go? And I think the health department website really helps guide people in the direction they should go, especially if people don't have a primary health doctor right. or a gynecologist. So I think because, and Hartford County has a higher rate of cancer than um, a lot of counties nationwide. So it's definitely a public health issue, just the knowledge and the awareness of this is a problem. It's right. not just a female problem. Um, well, a small portion of men do get breast cancer, but you take, you take a chunk of women between 30 and 60 out of the community because of treatment or death through breast cancer, and you've got a whole generation growing up, a huge chunk of children growing up without that mother's influence, without that grandmother's influence, without that aunt's influence. And so it becomes a family issue and eventually a broader community issue. With it being a family issue, is it also hereditary? There is a definite genetic link. you can not all. You don't always know what causes a cancer. I think fifty percent of cancers they know what causes it. Fifty percent they don't. Breast cancer has a very strong genetic link, and so if you're high risk, you have a mother, a mother and a sister, a mother, sister, aunt, grandmother who have um, breast cancer, mm-hmm. then we would very possibly want to put you through a high risk breast cancer clinic program that we have at Hoffman Cancer Center, okay. and you're followed more frequently. And at an, starting at an earlier age for high risk. So what's involved this clinic? What's so the high risk clinic, I do not run. So I can't okay. tell you 100%. I never heard of that. <laughs> However, That's how I was wondering. Yes. Yeah, so Rosanna Din is the nurse. Um, she is the nurse practitioner mm-hmm. who runs our high risk clinic at Upper Chesapeake. And they do a lot of, they, they do a lot of studying of your own personal risks. And then you see the nurse practitioner or the breast surgeon, Dr. Gartska, um, at least once a year, and, but you get imaging twice a year if you're high risk. You get okay. either you get a, mam- a diagnostic mammogram, and then six months later, either an MRI or an ultrasound, and you alternate every six months. Okay. And I just keep a closer look. A Do you closer mind if I add like add on to what she said because I think so she was bringing up like risk and stuff like that. Yeah. You're asking about like how is like public health involved with this? Well, um, you know. Public health is all about prevention. Right. That's really a huge that's a huge role that we play here at the health department. And with breast cancer, there's also um, there's prevention aspects to it, and that we play that role into the community, educating them on checking yourself often, focusing on um, just you know making sure you're staying fit and active, mm-hmm. healthy, things like that. That's how a lot of public health mm-hmm. lays into breast cancer we also are here you know a huge part is also like reminding people to constantly check yourself get mm-hmm. tested um go for your mammogram we help them as she mentioned help them with resources too to connect them to upper chesapeake so there's a lot of uh that role that we play like knowing your risks knowing your right. yeah so that we could work with well, and um, a lot of other issues i'll address through the health department that are other huge um public health issues like high blood pressure diabetes mm-hmm. The uncontrolled high blood pressure, uncontrolled diabetes, these chronic health issues also increase your risk for developing breast cancer. Oh. And most people aren't aware of that. And so the, the different programs that the health department also addresses play 
indirectly or directly into breast cancer risk. Smoking increases your risk. High alcohol intake increases your risk. So all of these things that the public health department, the public health organization address on a day-to-day on a day-to-day basis many of these things increase your risk of breast cancer wow i didn't realize all those things increase your risk but then on top of it if it's hereditary right oh my god things like breastfeeding um breastfeeding like three children decreases your risk Really? We just did a podcast Breast- on breastfeeding. So yes, <laughs> like, breastfeeding wow, over that so. can actually increase your risk a little. Wait a minute, hold up, back up. It's, <laughs> there's this little <laughs> slot. There's this little slot <laughs> that a certain number of years of breastfeeding decrease your risk. Okay. But you get beyond that, and it can actually increase your risk. Um, wow. Over a certain number of years, so breastfeeding, which is incredibly important for infants yeah. and mothers. Incredibly important, but it also decreases the mother's risk of breast cancer. Unless you have a ton of kids, Unless you have then a ton it of kids. increases <laughs> it. Then it potentially could increase it. It's length of time. It's yeah. yes, the length of time can increase it. Most people in our society don't necessarily have that number of kids. Right. I'm one of seven, so my mom's risk probably went up. Wow. <laughs> wow. I did not realize that either. All right, I'm afraid you're going to throw something else at me now, too. <laughs> now I'm trying to think of something yeah, to, to, like, to shock you. Um, of hormone therapy. So women going through menopause, um, depending on what hormone therapy they use, that can increase their risk um, if they've been... So especially for women who have been on different types of AI therapy for other types of cancers. Any type of cancer mm-hmm. increases your risk for other types of cancer. So there's a whole... A whole chart of things that can increase your risk. The big ones for us in public health are probably chronic medical problems, um, genetic history, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But these are the things that the high risk clinic would address. Would be okay. Let's get really deep into your history and your family history to see how high this is. Wow. One of the things you mentioned earlier with um, you know people that can't afford a doctor or whatever, and they come to the health department. Are we, are we seeing a problem where a lot of people don't realize that, that they can come to the health department you know, that, are, that cannot afford health care? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Well, a lot of times, so we at the health department have... Um, our, we can connect people with health insurance. So right. we're really fortunate here to have... Um, we've done, I remember we talked about MCHIP, which it's mm-hmm. very confusing the name, um, Maryland Children's Health uh, Program, but um, we have workers here that can help connect people to insurance, um, so we're kind of very fortunate that we have that. Um, we've had uh, a lot of good, uh, referrals, too, from the hospital as well, mm-hmm. and then the hospital could also assist with that, too. Okay. With the health department, I mean, the program I work um, in conjunction with the health department is for the uninsured and underinsured. Okay. So they, as long as they meet the criteria, which are pretty basic, as long as they meet the criteria, then all of their screenings and diagnostics are at no cost to them. Okay. Um, if something is diagnosed or further diagnosis needs to happen, then the patient financial advocates at Cancer LifeNet, they help us apply them for the diagnosis and treatment program at the state, and all of their treatments are covered. So we are able, 
it's more trying to get the word out. Yeah. Um, which is more difficult than you would suspect. Oh, I know. <laughs> that the uninsured and underinsured, like they have a place to come. Like that's what that is my job. That's right. all I do. So, um, and we're able to. I think I think the plus of partnering with um, the Kaufman Cancer Center is that we have access to Cancer LifeNet, mm-hmm. which. If you're dying, well, the patient financial advocates will help all of my clients um, with the billing issues, with applying for the diagnosis and treatment program if needed. But if somebody is diagnosed, we're able to work them through the Kaufman Cancer Center. I have access to all their records. Cancer LifeNet itself has social workers, nurse navigators, a dietitian, the financial aspect. They have other things that we're able to make available to these patients that come through come through this public health program. Right. So, and you're right, it's hard getting the word out there. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, some people don't have transportation. Right. We know there's a lot of homeless people here in the county, you go through everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, is there, and I've seen, like, you know, you have the blood mobiles and all that. Is there anything like that for, you know, going around for breast cancer? I guess, you, I don't know if you could do screening in that, though, could you? So HealthLink has a van that they would be able to do clinical breast exams and potentially pap smears and all. We do not have access to a mobile mammogram unit. Um, So we don't have access to that. We do do hold a once a month clinic from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. for those working women who can't afford to take off. So we hold it after general hospital or doctor office hours, once a month at the Kaufman Cancer Center. almost half of those patients can go straight from their appointment, getting their clinical breast exam, seeing the nurse practitioner, straight to advanced radiology for their mammogram. Now, as far as breast cancer goes, and I don't know if you can answer this or not, but, because I, it's one of the things I love about, even though everything's in October, breast cancer you'll always hear about in October, Mm -hmm. which I think makes it easier for women to remember October's coming up, it's time to get, you know, Mm-hmm. Get the mammogram and everything else good checked. Um, and I'm hoping that's making everything go down. How are the numbers now as far as people you know, people getting breast cancer? Is that going up or down, or do we know? It's stayed pretty stable. It has? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. How was it during COVID? Because a lot of people couldn't. Right. I mean. um, so our... Our, we only shut our clinic for three months. Okay. And then we saw all of those missed patients and new patients all in the month of June when we opened up again. Wow. It was a busy month. <laughs> so, yeah, I would think so. So <laughs> we, were able, we were able to open earlier than a lot of other places. And mm-hmm. so we were able to get a lot of people who would have fallen through the cracks into the program before that. So we, we, our program only had a three-month pause. That's it? That's it. How many people refer to your program? Do they come through our cancer prevention program and also maybe our care coordination? We do. We get more from probably the social media. Um, Really? We do get some. We get a few every once in a while from care coordination, not a lot. We do get them from the cancer prevention program. Mm -hmm. Um, We also get a lot of patients, word of mouth, patients who have been to our clinic and let their families know or their friends know that, hey, there's this clinic. We have a really large Hispanic population. Mm -hmm. Part of that is due to the program coordinator, Adriana. 
she is from Argentina and so for these patients to be able to call and immediately speak to someone who speaks their language has been a huge huge boost for the program right um, the Hispanic the Latino population has an amazing word-of-mouth um, mm -hmm. grapevine mm -hmm. so that has been that has been really really helpful as well good um, one of the things that we don't check um, because it's not what we're doing and it's not any of my business we don't check immigration status green card status we don't right. check any of that that is not our goal that is not our concern our concern is to make sure women get treated that families have the women in their families for longer periods of time mm -hmm. than they would if breast well, cancer took I was going to say your, your main concern is their health mm -hmm. and that's what you should be checking is their health exactly you know don't worry about everything else I don't care I don't have time to care about all the, about the exactly. other stuff so exactly I don't care what that status is I want to worry about your breast and your cervix. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. I mean, you know, I don't, that's all. I just went on and said, I, this is all I care about. Just tell me about it. That's dedication. Yeah. <laughs> and now you threw me off completely. Well, but it's, it is a big concern for yeah. a huge chunk of the population because they feel like any of these public services, if they get into them, they're going to face repercussions that they yeah. do not want their children to face, that they don't want to face. And for us to be able to say, we don't go anywhere near that, we mm -hmm. don't touch it with a 10-foot pole, here's what we do, Yeah, is a big deal for them. Which is good because, I mean, you, and public health, I mean, there's so many, besides just breast cancer, there are so many different things out there and everybody needs to be checked for everything. Mm -hmm. And you know, the health department is not a policing force. You don't need to be checking all that. Just, no. you know, the main concern is people's health and getting all that checked. Um, what are, when it comes to breast cancer awareness, what are some of the biggest myths out there that you know of? That deodorant can cause it? What? Yeah, come on. Are you kidding me? Do you see Do what's you, on social media? Have you seen what's on social media? <laughs> Oh, you're being serious? Yeah. Yes, that is a big, very big myth. Yes, that underwire bras can cause it. Yeah. Huh? Yes, no, they don't. It doesn't, no. <laughs> um, there are a lot of different myths like caffeine can cause breast cancer. Caffeine can actually cause some breast pain, but it does not cause breast cancer. Okay. Um, a lot of people feel like um, if they don't have... And this is probably a big one, that if they don't have a family history of breast cancer, then they are not at risk at all, <laughs> which is not at all true. Right. Um, so you know, annually you need to be checked because it doesn't matter whether anybody in your family ever had it, different things play into a cancer diagnosis, and we don't always know what those things are. And so preventatively you need to be checked annually. I'm glad you said that because I've talked to some people in the – you know, one of the things I've heard, oh, I don't even have to go like every few years. But no, you should get checked once a year. So there are some organizations that recommend that if you are over, and I don't remember the exact age, if you're over, is it 70, 65 or 70, that you can go to fewer, do you, that you can go to fewer. However, personally, I will stay with annually because mm -hmm. The older you get, the more likely you are to develop a cancer. Right. <laughs> so better safe than sorry. Better safe than sorry. And at the Kaufman Cancer Center, we recommend 
annually unless your provider has specifically said for you you do not need every year right but one of the things I've been hearing from family members on my side of the family I'm not gonna mention any names because they'll kill me but like with the mammograms they never wanted to go get checked because it hurts I just Which, go <laughs> I ahead just, I just addressed this actually on okay. a on a different uh, platform <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think mostly people are afraid of what they don't know and walking into a new situation. A mammogram is similar to an x-ray. You have two metal plates. It does squeeze your boob. It is uncomfortable, but so is going to the dentist. Mm -hmm. And so the few minutes that it takes of discomfort far outweighs the um, potential of something happening right. and we finding it, finding it late. Because the sooner you find something, the easier it is to treat and the easier it is to quote unquote cure, basically to go into remission and not have a recurrence. The fewer um, procedures it takes to take care of that. Mm -hmm. So the sooner you find something, the always the better. But I think one, we're afraid of finding out something we don't want, we're afraid of knowing or right. finding out. We don't like pain, we don't like discomfort. Um, the, the benefits far outweigh the discomfort of getting the mammogram. It's not fun. No, it's not fun. But neither is having breast cancer and having yeah. a mastectomy or a lumpectomy and going through chemo and going through radiation. When the sooner you find something, the, the less likely it is that you will need the full gamut of treatment. When it comes to women, you know, checking themselves at home and so forth, um, is there a site, because there are, we, we hear about single family homes a lot. Mm -hmm. And some of these single family homes where it's, there are somewhere it's just a father and could have daughters and sometimes fathers mm -hmm. don't know how to explain to their mm -hmm. daughters how to check. So is there a website or anything where they can go to check, you know, all these different there things? Are, you can YouTube so many different self-breast exams. Just ignore the ones with the deodorant on it. <laughs> no, please, please continue with your deodorant. No, I'm Harford County, do not deodorize. <laughs> um, so there are multiple there are multiple websites that you can go to to okay. find that. Some organizations are saying no, you don't need to do a self breast exam anymore. Just go to your doctor every mm -hmm. year. What we push for is know your body. Again, know how things feel when things are good so that when something doesn't feel right mm -hmm. you know it and you know to get it checked um on that same note because yeah there are a lot of kids that are adopted mm -hmm. what age should they start getting checked so if you don't know your family history mm -hmm. and you're not having any issues you're not feeling lumps you're not seeing changes in the skin or the shape of your breast as far as you know, everything is fine. General population starts at age 40 with mammograms. 40? With mammograms, yeah. Oh, wow. High okay. risk will generally start between 30 and 35. Severely high risk can even start in their 20s. But wow. general population without a family history who have no issues, the general recommendation is age 40. I didn't realize it was that old. But clinical breast exams. I'm over 40, so let's rephrase that. Okay. Why? <laughs> Why I thought it started earlier. <laughs> um, clinical breast exams they can start earlier, like twenty one. Yeah, right? clinical breast exams you can. Clinical breast exams many times your gynecologist just check, checks it 
when you're pregnant, after you mm -hmm. have your babies, whenever you go in for your PAP or HPV. Because PAPs and HPVs start at 21, and most gynecologists will just go on and do a clinical breast mm -hmm. exam then. Okay. You can always start checking your breast as early as you want to, your own breast. Um, as far as mammograms go, general recommendation is 40. Okay. Tell everybody the website so how that, you know, where they can go to to find more information. So www.harfordcountyhealth.com. If you go into our services, we have a cancer prevention program tab that people can, people can go into. But I'd also really suggest for people to also check out our, our Facebook, um, Harco Health, DEPT. Um, we have really great ads that Sarah creates um, that really try to help educate people on, um, you know, just here's the information mm -hmm. on where you can contact us. And we also have a form, too, that people can fill out if they're interested. Um, so I really suggest to people to go onto her website, but also onto check out our social media as well. You guys have anything to add? Yeah, if they want to reach our office directly, it's 443-643-3767. Say that number again. 443-643-3767. Okay, ladies, make sure you get screened. Very important. Every October, do it. It's simple. I want you to check out this podcast that I found. It's called Breast Cancer Stories. It's about what happens when you have breast cancer told in real time. So whether you've just been diagnosed with breast cancer or love someone who has, this podcast is there to help you through the shock of diagnosis and treatment. This is, I mean, it's just an amazing podcast. I started listening to it and hearing the stories from Kristen and Natasha talking about their experience with breast cancer. Trust me, when you listen to it, you're just going to be glued. You're going to listen to both two seasons so far, but you're going to be glued to it and listen to both of them. Again, that's Breast Cancer Stories. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast, or if you would like to recommend somebody for me to get on the podcast, or if there's a topic you want me to talk about, just go to conversationswithrichbennett.com, click the Be a Guest link, and fill out the form, and I'll get in contact with you, and we'll get everything set up. And while you're there, please subscribe to the podcast as well as the newsletter and check out all my sponsors. And of course my co-hosts, please show your support for all of them as well. Until next time, my name is Rich Bennett. Stay safe. And thank you for joining the conversation. So I'm sitting here with Michelle of Align Rehabilitation and she is really growing and has something coming up on May 3rd. On May 3rd, Align Rehabilitation will be having our grand opening of our brand new physical therapy facility. Um, we are directly next door to Real Life Prosthetics, who has also expanded their uh, lab as they, they build out their prostheses. Um, so May 3rd is grand opening. I invite everyone to come tour both my brand new facility for physical therapy treatment, as well as um, see what Real Life Prosthetics has done with their new lab. What time is it? It's 11 to 2, and then the ribbon cutting is at 11.15. And so what's the address? The address is 3435 Box Hill Corporate Center Drive, Suite C, Abingdon, Maryland, 21009.